people this is carl and liam breaking bird podcast yeah very warm welcome second episode of our second season this was a good one this was absolutely incredible a little bit strange now we're recording this obviously this intro yeah post uh armageddon <laughs> oh, armageddon we still got it mate i don't still know when, when, i can't remember when we recorded this the start of March or early Feb. This was before COVID proper took over and everywhere was still open. And yeah, we didn't really know what was about to come. Really, it was, we actually stayed for lunch at Simpsons after we recorded this episode, and it was just like a normal, brilliant Saturday, wasn't it? You know, everyone was in there. The restaurant was packed, and everyone Mate, had a great time. It was one of the best Saturdays I've ever had. Oh, it was incredible. Mate. How good was the food? The food, yeah, we were lucky enough to eat there. And it was unbelievable. For anyone who doesn't know, Simpsons is like, I don't know if it's a Birmingham Institute or the Birmingham Institute of I'd Food, say isn't it? Birmingham, yeah. We get into it a little bit in the podcast with Luke where we talk about like the names that have kind of come through the whole Andreas team and the self back from like the plough and stuff. And obviously when it was in Kenilworth and how it's moved on. It's been Michelin star for 20 years. You don't get 20 Michelin star for 20 years if you aren't. Like one of the best, yeah, you know, yeah the yeah. best. And uh, it showed the food. Sometimes you sleep on it, and we talk about this as well in the episode. Sometimes you sleep on how good a restaurant is just because it's been there forever. And we were a little bit guilty of that, I think. And yeah, I hadn't really. I'd gone to a lot of other places that were a lot newer and had the star longer. And I'd sort of not ignored it, but sort of went to other places first. And then having eaten at Simpsons, I just want to go back in time and say, what are you doing? You need to go back to Simpsons, you nutter. Because it's, it's pretty much like one of the benchmarks for it, I think. Right, so. star in Birmingham anyway. Yeah, as you hear Luke says on a few times, he feels like the team they've got in there now is the best team they've ever had. And the food is of a different level. They've gone up a gear. So yeah. <laughs> for, for somewhere like that to say they've gone up a gear when it was already, as far as I was concerned, incredible it shone straight through in every dish like every dish was incredible yeah really lucky like the food was phenomenal the service was phenomenal he was really nice got to have a look around the kitchen yeah see the place oh i think so there's happy. a theme in a lot of our episodes where we say it feels like we've won some kind of competition i know yeah <laughs> and that's what that day felt so yeah there's not there's just this might be a bit of a relief for anyone listening but there's not I don't, for, as far as I can remember, there's no talk of COVID. Or, no. Which could be a good relief. For yeah, you don't want to. There's enough around it now. We've yeah. got other episodes where we talk about it. Plus, we didn't know at the time. We did not know. <laughs> we were very kindly asked to do this interview by Nicole at WPR Agency. Another really awesome agency that we've been doing a few little podcasts with before. Obviously, Simpsons is part of the Edge Baston Village a whole little group of like really awesome up and coming shops and restaurants there's uh, Laggies obviously you know Laggies Deli yeah haven't I haven't been, been there yet but for me the best best Italian I've ever been to anywhere there's LA Pop you've been to LA Pop no that's a whole lot for me we took my daughter and my nephew there and obviously that kids loved it but I think I loved it more than the kids <laughs> <laughs> it's just an ice cream place but it's brilliant Blue Piano I think you've been there I'm, I'm, I haven't been there for drinks yeah, that's part of the same group. Obviously, it's 
very easily accessible. There's lots of car parking around there. There's the train. Mm. There's the new tram link that's about to stop there. But yeah, so it's often a forgotten part of town, but it's a really good part of town with lots of brilliant things going yeah, on. Yeah, so loads going on. Isn't it's worth the kind of effort to get out that way Definitely. if you can. Yeah, so that's that's Simpsons, and I'm sure you'll agree. It's rare to get sitting down with such. Well, he doesn't do. Yeah, he like, really like top. One of the easily top in the country. Oh, easily. Luke is like held in such high regard. You speak to Stu Dealey, Master Chef champion. Obviously, Leo. There's just a train of people who tell you how. I mean, even when we we put an Insta story up to say that we've done the interview with Luke. The amount of interest we got was just unbelievable. There's not many interviews we've done where his name hasn't come up by the chefs, is there? No. Every, literally everything we talk about to a chef in Birmingham, Simpsons and Luke's name always come up. Even if it's not been recorded, when we're just sitting there like chirpsing before we start, his name always crops up. It's not hard to see why when you look at the training, like when he spoke about training young chefs and bringing them along and giving them a career, he's just next level, so... I was really, really excited to bring this one to you and I really hope you enjoy it. Enjoy, people. So today we are here with... I want to get this right because this is quite important. <laughs> We're here with... Executive, no, chef director now, yeah? Oh, I've been called many things, but... Yeah. Executive chef director and professor of culinary arts... Luke Tippin. Oh, we've dug that one out there. Uh, yeah, How there you, you go. There. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's certainly um, not in my humble background to go around calling myself a professor, but that is the case. Yeah. I was surprised when you didn't introduce yourself yeah. as professor. Yeah. I haven't got it on my business card either. So. No, no. no, 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 definitely not on that. How did that come about, actually, the professor? Um, it was just something bestowed on me from UCB. Uh, we work very closely with UCB with lots of students. Um, have done for a long, long time. And uh, yes, yeah, certainly really came out, out of the blue, really, I suppose. Um, I, I don't know. It, it, yeah, it's a great thing to sort of be honoured with. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it was just sort of my sort of contributions to helping UCB, doing a few demonstrations, that kind of stuff. Just... I don't know, it's just doing, it's like anything I do, it's what I do, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. go out of my way to do it, but it's, you know, if it comes, it comes, if it, you know. Did you do, did you do training or anything there? Like, did not you at UCB, no, did no. Did you try, no, I mean, did you train any chefs? What, do you do courses or anything? Or? No, not really, no, we just, as I say, we just do a lot of placements at the mm. restaurant, we're, you know, we're, we're, as you've seen the kitchen, it's very lead, uh, it's a great open space. And, um, you know, we're sort of very into training the youth, I suppose. Um, that's a bit of a thing for me. Um, and um, it, it sort of, yeah, I think it was just a bit of a thank you from them to say, you know, well done for looking after students then and, and still going forward, really, I suppose. Yeah. Would you say it's a big passion of yours then, training young chefs? And Yeah, I guess so. I suppose it, you know, the story is well documented for mine that, you know, I was late getting into the trade. It was, wasn't until I was 21 um, for reasons we might go into later on. But so I think, you know, if I can help kids younger than that, you know, 
go forward in the career where I didn't, then then I think, yeah, it's, it's important for me, yeah, definitely. What's the current kind of crop of chefs coming through like? Is there some coming through? I mean, we've had a lot of chefs on the podcast and owners of restaurants who talk about the kind of struggles that the industry is having in yeah. 2020. I guess the struggles come because there's so many restaurants open now, you know what I mean? When, when I was first training in 80, reeling back now, 80, 84, 85, um, you know, there was pockets of restaurants, you know what I mean? And you only picked a couple that you would even want to go and work in. You know, it was either London or some country house hotels in the slaughters or something like that. But now it's, you know, you can move from restaurant to restaurant so it, it, there is a shortage for sure, but you have to sort of keep hold of the ones, hopefully that are good for you anyway. And and in in, in um, training, you know, young chefs, uh, we can sort of help out in that department. Yeah. Does Simpsons have a big draw with young chefs? Do you think still or? Um, yeah, I think so. We, we, as I say, we work, we, we work closely with colleges. UCB is obviously on our doorstep. Um, and we've got a great track record with colleges. We, we're, we're working with the Royal Academy of Culinary Arts on their, um, chef apprenticeship scheme. We've just released, uh, Adam Beaumont, who you might have heard has gone, he was with us for three years. He's just finished his apprenticeship got the Egon Rone Apprentice of the Year through that. So he was the top, it's like the top gun in his class. He won the whole thing. He, he got the award for that. And now he's sort of off the back of that. He's, he's commie for the, um, for the uh, Baku Store competition in, in Leon this year. So, you know, and he's just a, a young guy that came to us. We took him under his wing. Um, and, you know, the rest is history, really. He's going to have a really great future. That's amazing. That must make you quite proud when that happens. Yeah, definitely. And you feel like you've done your job right then. You know what I mean? You've, you know, he, he, it's obviously, it's down to him as well, of course. But, yeah. you know, it, it works both ways. But um, if we can create a platform and, a, a, you know, a, an area for these guys to flourish, then, you know, what I try and do is just give these guys some get confidence in themselves. When they come, <clears throat> people come to a Michelin star restaurant with... You know, fear or whatever. You know what I mean? It's it's a it's a big task cooking in a restaurant like this. Um, and we try and I guess we've got a formula. You know, it's very relaxed in the kitchen. We've got the radio on. We sort of well, you've you've just been in there. Yeah. Um, we we sort of we spend a lot of time together. Um, and we you know we don't run it with a rod of iron. It's it's relaxed. It's I think we get the best out of people. Um, if they're smiling and happy, uh, I never say to them, you've got to be here at eight o'clock. You know what you've got to do. Get on with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it can go wrong. Um, but the sort of philosophy is, is lead it by, um, not relaxation, but, um, we're, we're, a you know, an arm around the shoulder, not a, you know, a, yeah. not a, an aggressive, uh, kitchen so. and it gives the young chefs a bit of skin in the game if you know mm. what that phrase means it's like it's their responsibility then exactly so yeah. we're, like, we're, we're trying know. to yeah you know we're trying to give them their own responsibility and see if they can and and see if they can absorb it and and um push it forward really yeah so it's, it's trying to yeah because if you've got some confidence in the kitchen you need you know you need a swagger 
but you've also got to have some respect for the for the level you're at really yeah yeah what do you think it is about this restaurant that's consistently churned out such kind of talent like you know obviously Glenn was obviously at the uh, original yeah, exactly, Simpsons yeah. and yeah. Adam yeah. and yeah. obviously recently Stu Dealey and yeah. well, yeah, we, could, we could go on and on. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, I don't know. I just think it's uh, it's a bit of an institution. You know, we've been Simpsons has been going over twenty five years now. So you know, that in itself is incredible. Uh, at a Michelin star for over twenty of those, um, and. Um, uh, I don't know. It, it, maybe it's the formula I've just talked about. We we sort of uh, so Glyn was Glyn was very at the start in the old restaurant. Uh, he worked with us for seven years, I think. Um, we've had James Cross, who's got his own restaurant in the Cots in um, uh, Cumbria. Um, Matt Cheel, Nathan Eads over at the Wild Rabbit. You know, I mean, there's 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 a whole bunch of chefs, but. Um, I guess it's just a great place to work, I suppose. I can't really... You know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I'm still here, so it's sort of... Uh, it's looked after me. But, yeah. What's sort of the desire behind wanting to train so many young chefs? As I say, I think, you know, I've got a, I've got a young family. My son's sort of 21 this year and my daughter's 18. But, um, and I sort of... I'm a family man and Simpsons has always been run as a family business. Um, Andreas, who owns it, um, you know, four kids himself, well, they've grown up now, but um, so it's a family run business uh, and family, the family ethos has always been strong at Simpsons. Um, so um, I guess the desire is just to sort of get people on a, on a track where they can, you know, flourish and go on like Adam's a great example you know what I mean he's been with us three years and he's 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 going to be on a world stage of the biggest cookery competition in the world you know what I mean so um that in itself is you know it just it, it's it's a great achievement for him and it's also yeah a great achievement for us that we've we've helped him along the way really do you find that these new chefs when they come to you to get a job here, is the interview process quite grueling? Do they have to cook for you, or what do you have to do to actually uh, I, get the job here? Yeah, I've been I've been cooking for sort of over thirty years now. You can sort of see when they're, you know, what I mean, they, you can almost see straight away if, if they're ready for it, or you know, could be not worthy of Simpsons, but you know, if if it's right for them. Because uh, it's a two-way street, you know, they've got to enjoy it and we've got to, you know, we've got to know that they're right. But there's no massive, in, you know, it's not a big interrogation process. It depends on on age and ability, really. If we're, if we're looking for someone senior, you know, we'll, we might get them to do something. I don't know, you know, um, I've, I've got people to make a biscuit and a cup of tea. You know what I mean? <laughs> as simple as that. Because, yeah. you know, you can just see... The, the last young lady we employed on the pastry, um, uh, she she impressed me, in the, and I, I'd go on to the the whole restaurant team that you know I I my sort of I treat this as my own. It is partly mine, but not solely. But I've always treated this as my own. So if I step out of my car as soon as I go th- through the car park, you know gates. Um, this is where it starts 
So if I see some rubbish on the floor or, you know, the bin's lid, you know, it's the bin lid open, I'll, I'll shut it. And, and it's installing that vision into everyone that this, this isn't their own, but one day they will have their own restaurant, hopefully. And Nora, she was here and she walked across the kitchen, saw a bit of paper on the floor and picked it up. I said to Leah straight away, you know, that says a lot for me. Simple things that, that mean, you know, they've, they're focused, they've got their eyes sort of open. And uh, so it was, it was as simple as that. I said, you know, get her in, that was it. So, That's amazing. Yeah. So. How do you attribute people staying here so long as well? Because it's, it's most of the chefs we speak to, they go somewhere that they're six months or a year and then they move on yeah. and they just keep moving and moving. I guess you it's, yeah. To, to hold the yeah, staff I guess it's our well. sort of way of, of um, yeah, motivation, um, the, f- the, f- the friendliness behind it really I suppose the sort of openness to you know stand or fail as, uh, uh, the, uh, the, in their own way really but I think we're um, yeah uh, you'd have to ask them I suppose but I just <laughs> I guess we're a not you know we're a, it's a nice place to work you know I mean, it, it, it's hard you know what I mean it's, it's a big restaurant there's a lot going on um, it's intense, but at the same time, it's it's enjoyable. We we have fun, in, and you know, it's. I guess it's that balance of you know hard and and uh, and openness, just getting on with it and just enjoying it as well. I think. Is there much of a work-life balance sort of ethos? Here? Yeah, massively. Yeah, it, you know, it, for me, uh, there's always been a work-life balance. You know, my family are everything to me. So, f- and I install that in you know the last thing I want chefs to do is come in at eight o'clock and leave at 12 o'clock and not see any daylight um I encourage you know breaks in the afternoon um yeah it did the work-life balance is massive we 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 do now a we we used to be open seven days a week we were closed Sunday night but we introduced Mondays off Sunday nights closed um and everyone else gets another day a day and a half off a week so it's it's three three days off four on really so just to help in that work-life balance yeah that's great yeah when I first started you know if you didn't do 70 80 hours you were a you were a wuss you know what I mean so mm. it's 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 a different world now you, you can't do that anymore because you, you you will not keep stuff you know so you know maybe that's another reason why you know it's uh there's probably many many reasons why that you know, if I had a list in front of me, I could probably reel them off. But you know, it's, it's, um, uh, yeah. There's, there's no, <clears throat> there's no um, right or wrong answer. I just think it's, it for me, I think it's a, a, a great place to work. You say how much it's changed since you started training here, <clears throat> and I'm sure it's changed quite a lot since you were like um, management here. How has your management style had to adapt over the, like the last kind of 10, 15 years? Well, probably 10 years has seen the most change. Well, I've always been, I've always been the boss here, so it, 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 it's yeah. always been the same, I suppose. But um, I think I've, yeah, I guess I've mellowed, I suppose, if I look back. Certainly when we, certainly when we moved over from Kenilworth, it was a whole new team for the first first year two years you know we came to Birmingham it was this Michelin star this that and the other um, and people 
you know, we had job applicants, oh, I want to work in a star, and they just, just couldn't cut it, you know what I mean? So mm. it was it was brutal, really, you know, where it was the first, as I say, first few years until we sort of found our feet, I suppose. Um, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, probably looking back, um, I wasn't as uh, mellow and as calm as I am now, but then that's, you know, it's a long time ago, there's a lot think, of food. I think that's life, so <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm far mellower than I was yeah, five exactly, years yeah, ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so is Carl, like, I think yeah. that's, you just, I mean, once you get to kind of 25, I think your brain develops different. Yeah. And well, exactly, you know, in all that, when we got the star, when we got the star in 99, 2000 guide, um, I just lost my father in 99 and um, my son was born the same year and we got a star the same year. So, so th three quite big things. And, and I think, I guess there was a lot of, a lot going on then. And we, we moved, you know, over here a few years later. And, um, and I guess, yeah, all them kind of things mellow you out really, you know, I mean, you, your kids mellow you, you, you sort of, um, not that I've, you know, I've never been a, an aggressive chef or anything like that, don't get me wrong, but, you know, people, you know, you saw a plate smash or something, you go, oh, you know, go mental yeah. at it, but, you know, it's a plate at the end of the day, no yeah. one, you know what I mean, no one's, yeah. no one's dying from it, you know what I mean, just, yeah. it's a plate, you know what I mean, it's just move on, so, yeah, but, 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 I guess back then it was, there was a lot more uh, testosterone flying around, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so Simpsons, what year did Simpsons open in Kenilworth? Uh, 93, I think it was. Yeah. And then won the star in 99? 99, yeah. yeah. What was the, the, was the intention as soon as you opened in... No, not to at win all. A no, no, no. We, well, I worked with Andreas at the Plan Harrow across yeah. the road there originally. That was my first job. Um, and then we sort of went our separate ways uh, due to the hotel changing hands and stuff. And uh, Andreas was doing consultancy work, but he always had the intention to open his own restaurant yeah. somewhere. And um, we didn't even keep in touch so much, really. Um, but I'd heard he'd opened. Uh, I'd gone to work. I was at the Swallow at the time, five ways there. Yeah. And uh, I was the sous chef there. And um, it was quite strange because I went for dinner a couple of weeks into him opening. And it was, it was just like such a breath of fresh air seeing this restaurant. It was all pictures on the walls of chefs and it was you know it was just a chef's restaurant and I'd come from this you know grand five-star deluxe hotel you know uh, at the Swallow and um into this sort of just injection of energy which was just ridiculous uh, so we got chatting and they were busy 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 from day one as you can imagine and so it went straight back to work handing my notice in and then, like a month later, I was travelling 25 miles down the M42, M40, um, working in this little restaurant with bolted-on fridges. And I'd come from a, you know, a deluxe hotel kitchen, you know, with like 20 chefs to three of us in the kitchen, me, Andreas, and uh, Andy Waters, who was uh, uh, you probably know went to uh, Edmunds. And um, so there was three of us, a few part-timers at the weekends, um, Andreas' wife at the front. And uh, yeah, we were just cooking our hearts out, no intention of, it was just pure, pure energy. We had no direction, no, we were just doing food that, you know, back catalogue food from 
not so much the player, but just sort of even Greek heritage food from mm. uh, Andreas Cypriot background. And anything sort of went really, you know, it was just purely about passion, um, not about profit, not about anything, just about um, food and, you know, yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was intense, yeah, yeah. So how did it feel when you did get the Michelin's? Because you got Bib Gourmand first and then Michelin Yeah, we got Bib Gourmand. Um, I guess the, obviously that's on price structure. So we got the yeah. Bib Gourmand. But what we did when we started to grow and the, the, the business um, got busier and busier midweek and stuff like that, um, obviously we employed more chefs. Even back then we were employing, you know, young, talented chefs, um, Two of those were, were Marcus and Jason Eaves, uh, who went on, you know, they've worked in all kinds of kitchens around, yeah. the, around the country. Uh, they were both with us. Um, um, and we, we sort of, um, we, we decided to um, set up this club called the Monjay Club. And we used to save five pound a week uh, from our tips. And then when we got to about, I don't know, 50, 60 quid, we would um, depend on how many of us would, would go, sometimes a couple of front of house or whatever, and um, we would pick on a restaurant, not necessarily Michelin star really, we went to the original Ivy in, in Soho, different, different places, um, and we would, um, we saved this money, and then someone would drive, because we used to close Saturday mornings at Simpsons there. So we used to drive to a restaurant, eat, and drive back for night service. Yeah. Just to sort of see what everyone else was doing, because we were sort of working in this restaurant in Kenilworth, sort of blinkered to the world, just like getting on with it. And then we thought, well, we'll go and see what the what everyone else is doing. As I say, not, not you know, we, we different, all different types of restaurants. Uh, I remember we went to Nico's in Manchester, different areas, you know, Cotswolds sometimes. And um, what was the best one you went to? Uh, well, we had some fun at a lot of them, but uh, <laughs> I, I can't. Yeah, it, it, I was just trying to think. Even if there was, there must have been stars in there because that sort of what I'm getting to that gave us this sort of, you know, we could do something here. You know what I mean? It sort of. Did you think it, you weren't a million miles away yeah, from Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it sort of switched the light bulb on, I guess. And we thought, well, you know, we could, we could try and achieve something here rather than just, you know. Um, and we, yeah, we, we kept doing that. And then, and then I went to, um, then I won the, um, the very first um, BCF Chef of the Year in 99 as well. So that was all going on as well. So... Yeah, it was a bit of a mad time, really. But um, so I won that, and part of my prize was um, I went to uh, Leon um, yeah. on a stage to work at Pierre Orsi's, uh, which was two stars at the time. And this was sort of totally alien. You know what I mean? Going to France, I, I, I remember getting on the plane. I'm thinking, what the fuck am I? Where am I what am I doing? You know what I mean? What, why do I want to do this? You know what I mean? I've got, you know, the wife's thinking, you know, because stages weren't like the the big thing then to go off and you know work in a foreign country for a month um why did you want to do it then well i don't know i think andreas <laughs> just said you gotta go and do it so you know off off i went on the plane and um and i remember there i was there and i was i was phone chef up andreas and 
I thought, oh, I don't know, they're not doing anything, we're not doing, you know what I mean? In hindsight, they were, but at the time I thought, I don't, you know, I don't like it, I'm not enjoying it. Maybe I guess I was homesick, I don't know, but, um, but uh, I was there for a month anyway, and I came back, and again, that sort of triggered something else. It was about the produce, about the simplicity, about many things, and the culture, you know, because... I guess Simpsons has always been driven by French. You know, we're a classical-based restaurant, for sure. Um, yeah, so I, something else then clicked on. And then Glyn joined us. Uh, Glyn Pinnell joined us. Uh, he was at the Metropole. He came came along. So the team was growing then. The, the you know, the... the um, the, the youth was growing and the, the, the fun was growing in the kitchen. And, and then Glyn, I um, can't remember now, Glyn won, I don't know whether he won something. He went, uh, to, he went to France as well. He went to Vienne. Yeah. Um, to, uh, where did it, was it Pick? I, thought, I can't remember where he went. Now, he went over to France for a while and he was buzzing when he came back. And this, again, you know, we we're gaining momentum then. This is the sort of really the sort of early days of of something you know we've got a great little restaurant we've got a great team you know let's sort of really see where we can go with it but we never really you know we never went in every morning thinking we're going to get a star we still kept the same you know balance in our heads that you know we're just cooking you know the customer is is what we're cooking for yeah. you know there's no egos here we're just you know, all cracking on, enjoying ourselves, cooking, you know, same as we're doing now. And, um, and then the day it came, we, we got a great friend who's passed away now, Richard Binns, he used to be a travel writer for a travel guide over in France. And uh, he came in and told us we'd got a star. And um, there was no sort of like Twitter releases or, you know what I mean? He just sort of got opened the, opened the book and... Um, and away you went, kind of thing. You, you know, you looked at it and sort of went back in the kitchen. I mean, there was they no. They didn't give you a no, call or anything. There was no unveiling or no. It, you know, it, it was very, very simple back then. You know, now it's just like you know, Ceremony. it's it's yeah, it's yeah, yeah, which is great. You don't go wrong. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so we, yeah, he came in and told us, and we were we were like, oh shit, what's that? You know, we were like. We'd heard about it and knew all about it, but you know, what do we do now, kind of thing. So yeah, we just we just carried on, and uh, here, you know, here we go, twenty twenty odd years later, still got it. So. Any pressure on once you'd won it then to keep it, or well, no, because I don't, I don't know. We've never felt the pressure of that because I think it's just, you know, we are what we are, and we do what we do. You know what I mean? We we. You know, we, we're a lot better than now than we were then. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how that sort of the parameters are in, in you know, Michelin's uh, in way of thinking. But, you know, I mean, the restaurant, obviously, from where we were, it's, um, it's just moved on, you know, tenfold, really. So, yeah. We're joined by... Uh, my executive head chef, Leo Katu. A few people may have heard of him. <laughs> may have heard of him. Anything to say, uh, Leo? 
He's come to check up on me. It's probably a good point to say that um, Simpsons has continuously held the star for 20 years. Yeah. That's yeah. some achievement. Yeah. Yeah, it's massive. Yeah, we've yeah. got staff that aren't even 20 years old. That's uh, yeah. that's how massive that is. So, um, yeah, no, it's it's great. And it's, it's down to team. As I say, Leo's just walked in. But, you know, I'm, I'm nothing without these guys. You know what I mean? It's... Mm-hmm. Uh, um, we are a team it's not my name on the door we're all passionate we're all going in the same direction um it's yeah it's a team and i couldn't do it without them yeah and the restaurant itself's been improved over the years yeah we're we're forever you know andreas is um the owner he he doesn't like standing still you know i mean he's sort of uh he's got a lot of energy still and uh certainly for here and um Obviously, you mentioned Stuart earlier. There's there's plans afoot with uh, Stuart. We've got his pop up starting upstairs, yeah. which is great. Great to have him back. Um, yeah, he's he's you know there's a there's a Simpsons family, and he's he's very much involved in it. That's awesome. And you got the cookery school as well. Cookery school, yeah, it all goes on. Yeah, it's uh, it's a uh, it's a big ship to sail, Simpsons, and uh, especially <laughs> on the weekends. But yeah, the cookery school looks after itself. Uh, Leo's very much involved with that. I think Stuart's going to be doing a couple of pop-up schools up there as well. So there's a lot, you know, there's a lot happening. So yeah, maybe Leo would like to tell us just a little bit about the cookery school. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he will. <laughs> Come here, Leo. Go on, Leo. <laughs> You gotta go. Yeah, right, so I'll, yes. we'll, I said we'll do one with Leo anyway. Leo's got a big story. Yeah, definitely, story. definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> what was the um, drive behind having a cookery school here? Um, we just had a, a spare space, I think. Um, we when we first came because we we got three bedrooms, and the the idea of the room was to sort of um, have a service kind of area where the rooms can go and make themselves a coffee or have a you know a kind of a bar you know like an open bar kind of thing you know a hospitality bar um just a sort of a, a little room away from the rooms and that didn't really work um so we had this space and it had cookers in there coffee machines in there you know, dishwasher in there. So we thought, well, well, let's try a cookery class. And, you know, virtually from day one, it sort of took off. And every Saturday now since then, that was probably a couple of years into opening here. We didn't do it straight away. A um, couple of years in, uh, it's, every, you know, every week it's, it's sort of full. So it's... Yeah. Uh, what yeah, we only, well, I say full, we do 10, 12, is it? Or the 10... 10 mainly but uh yeah so we do corporate schools up there we do uh like team building events we've had hen party you know what i mean so it's open to, yeah. to all sorts really it's just, it's just a nice way of you know um interaction and getting together really yeah what can people expect if they do come and do it here really it's just an insight to um what we're about i guess um the produce we use the simplicity of how we use those ingredients getting the best out of it you know cooking methods what we use it's a day in the life of a michelin star restaurant i suppose that it's not um it's not rocket science you know what i mean it's about 
quality at the end of the day and I think that shows through in what they eat the plates they eat off to you know what they're actually the produce they're cooking with and, and that's it runs through the whole business nothing changes yeah. I've got quite a funny story about Simpsons because I, I, I was just told you when we were walking around the head night. <clears throat> <No>. <laughs> I, I've been here I've been here before and it's actually the first fine dining restaurant I ever kind of went to it's funny that because we get a lot of people say that and i think what it is it's a good it's a good relaxed entry i think that's the the, we try and take the formality away from it so people can come in that respect i think it's also famous as well like when people think of michelin in birmingham it's definitely one of the first yeah, yeah. yeah 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 and um it was basically my sister had bought me a gift voucher for my 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 birthday i can't remember which one and uh we we'd Got the t- and we were never like it lasts a year, doesn't it? The voucher or something, and we hadn't got round to booking it. And we were like, "Come on, we need to book it. We need to book it." So we booked it like two months before it ran out. And this might sound a little bad, but we weren't really very looking forward to it. I'd always, I'd always been into food, and I was thinking gastro pubs. That's that's where I'm at, you know. Yeah. Fine dining, ah, it's too fancy. It's not my thing, you know. <laughs> And uh, we were we were quite dreading it. And then the, the night came and we were like, oh, we'll, we'll go, we'll see what it's like, you know. And we were both a bit like, we're so ungrateful here. Like, this is meant to be one of the best restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> so we came and, you know, as soon as we walked through the doors and you got the entrance there and it's beautiful. And it, this was just after it had been refurbished, yeah, I think. Yeah. And then we got walked down where we just walked through and then out, we had drinks out in the garden and the garden is just stunning. But it was relaxed as well, yeah, yeah. and we we just didn't feel out of our depth straight away. Yeah, that's the that's the whole way we're trying to what we're trying to achieve. Here. So that you was know. a good start. Yeah, yeah. And then I think we sat down, and I think it's the breads that come first, and it uh, olive tapenade. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. it then. <laughs> that was it. My mind was changed. I was like, this is it. This yeah. is just next level already. Like, yeah. this is just the breads, and it's better than anything I've ever had. And the whole meal was just incredible. But what I kind of wanted to ask you was, uh, there's, there's probably people listening now who's never been to a fine dining restaurant and they probably think of Simpsons and think, oh, I don't know if that's my thing. You yeah, know. yeah. Uh, what would you say to kind of entice yeah, them to come? Know, I've got family who think that, so, you know what I mean? And they know about it. But I guess, yeah, it's like you say, it, it's our welcome, I guess, that's, that's important and trying to make people feel relaxed because you know at the end of the day it's just food you know what i mean it's yeah. it's a different food to the gastro pub um it's it's about quality and relaxation at the same time and that was the whole reason why we we changed the restaurant into we took the tablecloths away um we gave it a more fresher modern uh, relaxed feel that it wasn't intimidating and wasn't starchy and stuffy and um well, you've seen it. It's it's sort of open. You can see the kitchen. Sitting. It's it's making it um, not a temple to gastronomy in any way. It's just a, a you know a place to come and relax and enjoy enjoy you know some fantastic food really in a, in a in a beautiful space. Yeah, it's very accessible. Yeah, and really we accessible. also part of the 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 way we do our menus now as well. We we've got the à la carte menu, the tasty menu, but we're also we've run the you know every restaurant does a lunch menu, but we we include wine in the lunch menu, and I think that's important because I've been to restaurants. <clears throat> like I said, I'm not a big 
I'm not a big wine drinker, but I've been to restaurants and say, oh, what wine shall I have? How much am I going to spend? Especially for a young couple, maybe they're on the first date or something like that, and they come. And if you come for lunch, you know, there's wine included, uh, a glass of wine included in the lunch. So you haven't got to worry about, you know, if you almost know what you're going to spend you know, almost, um, before you come, because the menu's a price, you get a glass of wine with it, um, and and we've we've introduced that menu for dinner now as well, so you can come for dinner uh, with a glass of wine. Um, so you, you know, especially for young, you know, as I say, young couples or whatever, you can come in the reassurance that you're not going to be hassled by the wine waiter saying, you know, you've got to spend £100 on a bottle of wine or you know, so it's it's just making it more accessible, really. You know, because it, it is the younger people that have are coming out eating now. You've even got a children's menu, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, we've yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Is there like <laughs> yeah. a separate chef that just solely deals with the children's menu? <laughs> no, that's me. That's what I do. Just the small plates. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It, as it, you know, the, even the even the children's menu, there's, there's like uh, like chicken on there, but they, you know. We use the chicken that you would, you know, the best chicken. You know, it goes from from that age upwards. You know I mean, so you know, if there's fish and chips on there, it'll be the best. Same. You know I mean, yeah. yeah. So the dad will be sitting there. Go on, you eating that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Leaning over the plate and stealing the <laughs> yeah, chicken. All, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is. Yeah, we've all done that. Yeah. And yeah. do they? Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did yeah, 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 yeah. So there's a lot of pizza on there. Yeah. No. <laughs> there was. Yeah. <laughs> it's family involvement, yeah. 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 Oh yeah, it was off microphone, but the pizza used to be on the menu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I say, my yeah, my kids used to write it, and they designed a, you know, the the sort of menu layout at, at one stage. But uh, and they, they got bored of it. All times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had, uh, yeah, we have yeah, all times. Yeah. yeah. So you've got high chairs. High chairs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. I think it's you know they're the future of eating. Yeah. We yeah. we get um, you know. We have families come in because we encourage like people to come in the kitchen now and sort of say hello, like you know we did earlier. And um, you know we've we have families come in with with sort of you know not teenagers but you know under tens. They, they, I want to go to Simpsons for my birthday. You know what I mean it's wow. it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we do that. We get a lot, don't we? Yeah. So, but um, but yeah, the thing is, you know, they come and they see the, you know. It, the restaurant sparkles and they see that so it's good it's good good impressions mm. and yeah. you've also got a vegan menu as well vegan menu we've been running that for a few years now yeah uh, vegan anything any menu we do we will replicate it with um well it's a plant-based menu we sort of did yeah. a vegan and a vegetarian together but um we've just streamed it into one one menu now so it's it's the simpsons plant-based menu yeah so. and that must bring its own challenges as well with cooking uh it does but it's a, certainly still a learning curve and um yeah it's a, it's a great addition to the to the uh to the restaurant because if let's say me and you come for for dinner and you know you're a vegan or even you just fancy eating some you know something different it will it will look and taste the best it, it will you know so there's no it's not just like a chickpea curry with a bit of spinach and some spices thrown <laughs> in there yeah. you know it, it's visually appealing 
in our style as well as um, obviously tasty. Do you find that that menu probably takes more work than the normal menu would do in the sense that you've got to find alternatives to... Uh, it used to when we the were fats and stuff like that you'd normally use in a yeah it used to it's getting easier now because obviously there's a lot more things on the market um, and we can we can play about with bits and bobs um, you know it's it's quite versatile like vegan mayonnaise because of the the stuff in it you can work a lot of different things with it more than just using it as mayonnaise um, but it, in in its infancy when we first started playing about with it it was we didn't take it that seriously so if you don't plan for it you can get caught out but now we're certainly very into it and we do vegan purees um yeah yeah so we it was harder then because we wasn't prepared for it but now you know because every day we have team briefings at 11.30 and 6.30 and we go through the requirements of the day and the very, very rarely there won't be a, um, an allergy of some sort or a, a, a plant-based menu requirement. So, and if you don't, if you haven't got it, then that's when, yeah, you, you're not ready for it. So. Do you tend to find this whole allergy thing's fairly new in the sort of restaurant? I know people have always had like peanut allergies, but now mm. everyone's rather gluten intolerant or it, they can't it, have this or lactose intolerant. Or yeah, there's, there's, as I say, it's, it's, it is growing, yeah. yeah. I recently came back from Italy um i say recently uh, last year <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say we're out see yeah. you later <laughs> yeah. yeah last year we won't go into that but yeah and um they've never heard of it out there you know what i mean it's like we went into like load of restaurants and you know no one had a, you know not like yeah not, no, like no one's gluten there. intolerant there well you wouldn't eat if you were no, no, no exactly yeah yeah <laughs> you'd be you'd be in trouble there but um but yeah, no, it's growing. But you have to you have to accommodate for it. We we get a lot of great feedback that we go out of our way to uh, accommodate allergies. Um, we had a lady the other day; she had the uh, uh, souffle, and she was amazed that we could do her a souffle that's you know um, gluten free or what you know. What I mean, so we get a lot of great feedback, and that in itself, hopefully, they'll come back because I know that they can rely on us to look after their, their requirements then, which is, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, future stuff. And I mean, it's, it's mm. pushing, pushing forward all the time, really. If we just sit here and say, no, you know, we ain't doing it, they'll go somewhere else. But no, you know what I mean? That's, that's money we, we should be having. So. Do you put much work into who supplies the restaurant, where you source your food from? Oh yeah. Produce is, is what Simpsons is all about. Yeah. yeah, that is first and foremost. We've Leo's very um, into that. You know I mean we, we all are. We, we've we've had suppliers since day one, like Aubrey Allen, different people like that. But um, new suppliers sort of come and go. But produce is yeah. That's ev- that's first first and foremost. Ready. First thing you look at when you're doing yeah, anything. Yeah. Not yeah. Produce is first, and then um, I'll say to Leo, "We've got to put this on," and he'll say, "No, no, it's too expensive." <laughs> <laughs> but we, you know, we work around that. That's the the relationship we've got. But produce is is everything. Yeah, that's yeah. Without that, produce and seasonality. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. try and keep the produce as local as you can as well? Um, it's not a massive thing for me. Right. Uh, what you know? What do we call local? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, now everything yeah. Scotland's local. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> In yeah, comparison yeah. So, to South yeah. Africa. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, we wouldn't use like tilapia from, you know, Zimbabwe or something like that. You know what I mean? It, it is, fish is all local, meat is all local, vegetables. Yeah, so, you know, but having said that, you know, we've got banana souffle on, so, you know, there ain't no bananas around here. Yeah, you're going to so, struggle. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, locality is important, but um, seasonality and and, um, and produce is the main main thing, yeah. Wow. I just want to, you kind of touched on it. You said that you didn't get into chef until you were 21. Yeah. Uh, what was the reason for that? It's uh, fairly hard for people listening who don't know. It's yeah. A lot of people get into it like 14, 16. Yeah, well, yeah, you were so many chefs. Oh, all I wanted to be was to be a chef and this, that and the other. And, well, this, yeah, the story, I was brought up in restaurants. My dad was a chef. Um, so, yeah. Was that around Birmingham? Yeah, he, well, he he's, he worked at the Plan Arrow where I first started. He met my mum at the yeah. Plan Arrow. My mum was housekeeper there. He was a chef there. Um, so they met there. So there was a lot of history there for me. Um, but he, he, he only worked in and around Birmingham, yeah. He, he finished off his career at the Chateau Impen in Droitwich. Oh, yeah. That's where he was a chef. But um, he had um, actually where Carter's is along that sort of site there in St. Mary's Row. He had a, a restaurant there. Um, he had a little restaurant there back in the 70s. So I used to live above there. And yeah, it was a, yeah, for a kid in the 70s, it was a shit time with her dad being a chef. So, yeah. um, and I sort of, yeah, left school with, with no qualifications. And um, yeah, it was a bit of a, we had, you know, we didn't really see eye to eye, me and, me and my dad in that respect. And I, um, I don't know. I don't. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I had no idea at all what I wanted to do. Did your dad want you to be a chef? Or? I don't think he did. No, cause no. I don't. I don't you tend to find a lot of time if you, the dad does something, he tells his son, yeah, "Don't no, do this." Son. No, I, no, I don't recall him ever saying no. I think he was just despair that I didn't have a job, because <laughs> um, you didn't really, you know, you didn't have to stay on for further education then. So I left school in 80, 82. And um, I had various, uh, they, they had YTS training schemes then. Mm. I was very into clothes, which I sort of still am now. Very sort of, I, I do like sort of like fashion and stuff now. But um, And I worked in Burton's as a, yeah. as, a, as a YTS training scheme, 25 quid a week. And um, yeah, that didn't end well. And I sort of, um, yeah, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a torrid time for a few years. I started going down the, the blues of the football um used to stop on my mate's couch quite a bit so yeah you know there was no um you know there was no trouble involved in this no drugs or anything i mean it wasn't a it wasn't a fact that i was you know off the scale it was just sort of where am i going for a few years you know what i mean and i didn't i didn't really know uh, yeah how did you feel about like the whole chef industry at the time because of your dad been away so often like or been busy well, it so was, often yeah it was it was uh it was it there was nothing there for me you know there was no it's like my son he's he's 21 this year but he works he's worked here since he was 16 just not a chef or anything um he works uh he's got an apprenticeship now he doesn't he doesn't he still works here one day a week but he um he loves the whole restaurant industry Mm. uh he likes the excitement of it he's always watching cookery programs he loves eating food and stuff but 
he would he sort of realizes that it's not even even the way I've been with the family um you know it's not a job he would enjoy um yeah I've never said don't do it but um he he's just seen it and but thing is for me I've I've been very um family driven family is you know everything to me was that because of yeah yeah exactly yeah that it's it's it um it frustrates me if i can't get home in the afternoon because not so much now because they're sort of doing their own stuff like lois is at college and he's working but to go home and cook the family tea in the afternoon was very important to me and it sort of still is because i'm i'm going through that stage of um they're doing their own thing but i'm still there going home trying to keep the family together and i think that's sort of um i don't really remember many times that we sort of sat down as a family together when i was a kid um so i I think all those things subconsciously my brain have said um i will be a better dad than my dad was to me i suppose but um yeah so it's it's been a funny old story, really. But yeah, so I, I was, yeah, so I was, I was out of school, 1982, um, doing absolutely nothing. Left Burton's, um, got a job as a swimming pool attendant for the council. And my mate, my mate got me that um, as a like a lifeguard. So I was just working around some of the swimming baths around Birmingham, which was yeah, it was all right. Um, and then. Um, I think my dad got me a job at the Grand Hotel. What's well, obviously it's actually like, reopening, isn't it? Exactly. Grand yeah, Hotel. yeah. So he he knew the personnel manager there, and um, yeah, it's all quite you know, it's all quite vague. I must have quite a bad memory, but I, yeah, I remember spots of it. But I went, I got a job at the Grand Hotel, um, and they had obviously a massive banqueting section. Not a chef or anything, just, um, just KP. Not, no, not even the kitchen no. in the banqueting, uh, like a banqueting porter. Oh, you right. know, lugging tables and chairs, servicing yeah. rooms and uh, teas and coffees and that kind of stuff. When they broke for a conference, you'd go in, clear it out and relay it, whatever. Um, so I was doing that and then obviously walking through the kitchen there, seeing what was going on, but didn't have any sort of intention of getting involved in it. And I think they were short one day, so I went in to help and make a few sandwiches. And and I remember it was Andy Gamici was the chef there. And, you know, was, there was having a good old laugh in his kitchen, you know what I mean? And I thought, yeah, this is boring what I'm doing. Banqueting porter, where's this going? And I still had no thought of career prospects or what am I going to do when I'm... Th- you know what I mean? I just don't think you did back then, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I didn't anyway, so... Um, but... Uh, Anyway, I got I got a job in the kitchen there, um, and my dad. I told my dad, and uh, he was like, "Oh my God, what you know? We've gone all through this, and now you're actually working in the kitchen." But I still don't remember him giving me any parental advice as to where I should be going with this. But then, he, what he did say is, "If if you are going to go into a kitchen, I need to get you need to go into the best kitchen you can go into." And at the time, it was the Plan Harrow which yeah. back in the day was, you know, it won Hotel of the Year in 85. And so it was the only place in Birmingham to work in the day. Like I said before about, you know, the sh- shortage in chefing chefs around, yeah. you know, there was nowhere else to go but the Plan Harrow. So I went for an interview and John Sweeney was the chef there. Um, 
So I went for an interview. I remember it vividly, 10 o'clock one morning, and he was he came down, and we sat in the lounge there, and uh, there was no trial or, you know, chop an onion or, you know, make a cup of tea and a biscuit. There was none of that. And um, anyway, I started a week later, um, and um, here we go. We're sitting here now still. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, was, it was a real shock, though, because I was with, well, my girlfriend, but my wife now and um i remember i remember and it's still there the phone well, it's not the same phone box but i came out of the plan harrow in the afternoon not knowing anything what to expect even though i'd been brought up above restaurants and um split shifts and how it all worked you know back in the back of the play there it's like, I think about 20 25 chefs back in the day there this was before andreas had started there so um it was 84, I think I started there, and uh, I went to the phone box and phoned my wife and said, oh, I've got to work tonight. What's that all about? You know what I mean? I'm thinking, anyway, you know, split shifts 30-something years later, we're still here. So. Still, a, still Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. So that's the sort of, yeah, I guess it's sort of uh, a story. But I guess what that has installed in me, like you said, it, it's, um, it's a willingness to learn quick because I was late, I was the oldest sort of one, you know, apart from all the senior chefs. Um, you know, at 21, going into a kitchen then, when they're all sort of straight from school. Yeah. Um, you feel I like you have something to prove. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was the oldest one. I hadn't clued, I hadn't worked anywhere before. You know, I was a bit of the, uh, you know, the runt of the litter, I suppose. And, um, but there was no, you only had, you could only buy books then. You know, you yeah. bought like, classic cookbooks there was no internet no youtube none of this so, you know you can just research mm. you know what's a certain dish and you can see it instantly then it was all about absorbing absorbing um knowledge from books okay, and yeah. uh i think that's a failure in today's society you know certainly chefs today you know they they don't look at they think it's going to come easy they don't look at books and look at much you know to absorb absorb that knowledge I, I had to get you know four years of knowledge back quick and I still now you know if I go home now there'll be a, a book or something by my bed so I'll read something or I'll look at something to sort of keep keep it fresh I suppose yeah do you have any books just off the top of your head you can recommend or uh well uh, the, uh well, you've got the classic books like the, you know, the the LaRouche Gastronomic is obviously yeah, uh, the, Bible. Uh, the Bible. Yeah, the the um, the repertoire de la cuisine is quite a difficult one to sort of uh, navigate. That yeah, That's a it, difficult yeah. one to navigate. It's but, crazy. Um, it's brilliant, though, isn't it's it? It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. But um, I guess the, the the LaRouche is the the one young chef should be buying uh, and yeah. looking through because that will give you the certainly the basics of what you should be looking at but um any but it's all about building blocks in that respect yeah know? it is yeah any yeah. modern ones or um yeah well there's there's a lot of the i i quite like a lot of the scandy books you know the norwegian sort of yeah. style stuff yeah. um i like that sort of i like that freshness they create whenever i go out there to sort of copenhagen or something it's a it's a totally unique style of food. It's it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, and that um, fermentation book is yeah, just yeah, yeah, Rena, yeah, 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 unbelievable. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, 
I think it'd be criminal if I didn't ask. I normally ask chefs for just a piece of advice. What advice would you give to any young chefs just starting out straight out of college? Um, <clears throat> you got to enjoy it. You got to get the right, um, find the right place for you. Um, it could be here. It could be, you know, go in at a high level. Um, there's a kitchen for someone somewhere, and it's it's finding that right right balance. You know, Michelin food is um, it's different. Yeah, I can't really um, explain it, but because I've that's all I know. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's like it's all about quality, and you if you haven't got quality in your life, you're going to find it hard. You know what I mean to sort of adapt to the quality of uh, of this level of restaurant, I suppose. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, I don't know, it's like eating burgers. I mean, you go to Meat Shack or, you know, yeah. op- I mean, it, it's about quality. You yeah. know, even at that level, they're, they're still sourcing the best bread they can get, sourcing the best meat, but it, it's a burger, you know what I mean? But... It's it's you know this this level, whether it's Michelin or you know a burger, it's about it's about finding quality, and yeah. you need to get quality in your life, I suppose. Yeah, I understand. I know you said it'd be hard to, want, but I, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. And caring about the ingredients. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. And you know, the biggest one for me, you know, most chefs, you know, they ain't sort of, you know, I left school with nothing. You know, I had a, I had one. I think I got, a, I don't know what they, a grade one O level in art, but I've still. <laughs> I was going to guess that. <laughs> but I'm still very, yeah. I guess that comes across in the way I plate food. I suppose that's the art of plating, if you like. But um, yeah, I was crap at school, and you know a lot of people would get here a crap at school. But if you're crap at school and you've got no common sense, then you ain't getting anywhere. You've got to have. You know what I mean? If you've got common sense and you've got, you know, that ability to absorb, you know, what I, people are telling you, then then you, you'll be all right. You I know? couldn't 100% say, but I, in general, I would find that people either generally do either have a lot of common sense or they're really good in school. Yeah. You know, like yeah, the ones who yeah, come out and yeah. who weren't great in school seem to have a lot of common sense. Yeah, yeah. Don't speak to my wife about that. She don't think I'll get any, but... <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, but it's like Adam's a, a great example. We, we talked about Adam earlier, but he left school with bags of A-levels. You know, he, he was grade A student, um, but he's also a superb chef. So he's a he's a, a break to the rule, really. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, he, f- he thought, you know, if he wanted to be a chef. I don't quite know what got him into it, but... Um, so yeah, he's got he's got the best of both worlds. Bless him. So yeah, yeah, it's quite rare. It, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's. Oh. So I think it's safe to say that you and Andreas and this restaurant have pretty much set up the whole fine dining scene in the whole of Birmingham because the, there's not many restaurants that you haven't had a hand in at some level. Mm. Is that um, quite important to you, or does it give you a sense of pride that yeah. Birmingham itself? Because we love Birmingham, that's why we do the podcast. Yeah, and you obviously yeah. love Birmingham as well. Does it yeah. give you some sort of pride? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, I, I think, yeah, um, 
We've had a lot to do with the dining scene, I suppose, because we were the sort of first that came here. Obviously, Glyn was across the road there. Um, and I don't think there's that many chefs in, in all these restaurants that, you know, most of the chefs that have left here have left on to, you know, get their own places, like Chills and, uh, as I say, James up in, in the north there and... and Nathan the wild rabbit so there's not much cross-pollination with younger chefs in in the other restaurants I suppose which I don't know really why that is you know we don't really get chefs from Glynn's or or Brad's or Adam you know what I mean there's yeah. no movement around there but I think we're very um we're very happy in in the fact that we were sort of you know the forefront of bringing fine dining into this city certainly this area um uh so yeah we 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 obviously we're very, we're very proud and uh, but we we sort of you know we 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 get on with what's going on in these four walls i suppose it's uh we just strive every day you know as soon as the first customer comes to the door to make it as special as the the last one that left yesterday it's it's uh, you know we're very humble in that respect i guess that's a a brummy thing you know what i mean we're just sort mm. of uh we should sing our praises more but we we're just you know at the end of the day i was brought up to be a chef to cook and you know we the, the sort of uh the limelight is a you know it's a it's a necessity for chefs now to sort of uh, get themselves out there but you know for me it's all about you know service and cooking Mm. So, is this restaurant been in Birmingham? Is that important? Um, this restaurant, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. Birmingham's, you know, it, it's come of age. It's, you know, it couldn't have happened probably um, twenty years ago. So um, I think our timing was right. The ball ring had, you know, the ball ring was going through that change, and um, I think uh, if we'd have been stupid to open before before that mm. um but yeah it's uh, it's a great great addition to the dining scene for birmingham yeah definitely mm. as a, as all the restaurants are and they're all very different as well which is which is what I quite like about it you know I mean that you you know all f i know we talk about michelin but there's so many other great restaurants in this city to of every level to go go to so it's uh, well that's it's the beauty of it isn't it that's exactly what makes, yeah. that's what makes Birmingham stand yeah, out yeah we can it. shout about it now you know before you know it was everyone just just to go on about the the Balti triangle and now you know you've got Digbeth Dining Club you've got you know the some great like I say the you know great friends with Paul at Meat Shack and you know the there's some great places to go and eat, you know what I mean? You've got Actaros opening everywhere and yeah. so it's uh it's a good, it's an exciting time for a city in, in that in that respect. Yeah, just hope it continues really. Yeah, I'm sure it just seems to be places opening all the time. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Seems yeah. To, even for us and we try and eat out as much as we can. I still haven't eaten at half the places no, I want to no, eat out yet. It no. seems impossible to get around yeah. to them all. Well it's like that, you know, I, I don't, I must admit, um I sort of you know, I don't eat at, we, we, you know, we, we don't, again, like Adam, we don't eat at each other's restaurants that much either, really, I suppose. No, so. I suppose with the timing, it's, yeah, exactly, it's an yeah, it's, you know, time to eat. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah, as I say, it's, it's, uh, it's great that we're all here, we're all sort of, we're all friends, there's no, you know, we're all sort of beating the same drum for the city and, uh, yeah, spreading the love, yeah. 
just sort of outside of Birmingham, where would you say, don't say London, but where, <laughs> like in the world, would you say you know, your favourite culinary place to go? Um, Long Clume, I would always make a detour for. Yeah, I'm hoping in, uh, to go there. Yeah, so. it's, it's truly, it's amazing. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, th- yeah, I guess there's, uh, yeah, there's quite a few places up there. Um, I went to Raby Hunt last year. That was very, very good. Um, mm. But culinary destinations, I suppose, they're a bit sporadic, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, um, I don't know, really. No. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, there was something else I wanted to ask, yeah. Obviously, you've had uh, a few appearances, on, what, was it... Couple of appearances. Anyway, you've been on Saturday Kitchen. Yeah. Uh, is Only one, more, unfortunately. Was it once? Uh, yeah. I've seen it the once. I couldn't find another time. But uh, did you enjoy that? And is there any more plans for TV? Or Yeah, no, I enjoyed that. Yeah, it's a shame because, you know, I, I think um, I'd like to do more TV. And I, I think, you know, it, I don't think it was a disaster by any means. But um, I think it went well. But maybe I'm the sort of, um, you know, the wrong, uh, what should I say? You know I mean? Well, I'm, the, you know got a big beard and some tattoos or you know yeah. what I mean it, it you know they're looking for something different I suppose there's a lot of uh, you know it's the younger younger thing they're looking for I guess now a bit too old in the tooth I suppose bit of the granddad of the uh, maybe the, I think there's, there's the introverts and extroverts isn't there and yeah, looking yeah. For the maybe I haven't got enough to say I don't know but I think you'll probably swear say I would, in my opinion I think like you give off the impression that you'd probably be far happier teaching chefs in the kitchen than singing your praises on telly. Yeah, no, you know, it. if the opportunities come along, I, I, I do, I do grab it with both hands. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, we've got no, you know, we've got no publicists or anything like that backing mm. us to get us on TV. But um, yeah. you know, sometimes the we get an email through. You know, would you like to try for this? So we we try. We you know we've tried for for GBM a couple of times but um, been unsuccessful for whatever reason who knows I don't I think know there's a bit of politics in TV sometimes as well yeah but, mm. well Master Chef has been good um, you've obviously had Leo yeah yeah of course um, Leo did a great job that raises yeah. the profile of the restaurant as well yeah exactly Yeah, Leo was good we, we also had Claire was with Claire, us when, yeah, uh, course, yeah. so you know we you know we produced good things out of Simpsons well great things not good things and yeah. um um, yeah, telly's always been a uh, a thing. We it's obviously great for 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 publicising the restaurant and personally, and we would like more of it. And uh, it's a shame about Saturday Kitchen because uh, it was good Saturday Kitchen. And but pff, you know, there's so many so many chefs obviously trying to get on it, but uh, it always seems to be the same few that do yeah, get on it, yeah. which is sort of a yeah. Have you got anything? Personally, you wanted um, coming up, like any new anything new happening? No, not really. No, just sort of yeah, yeah. Looking forward to the summer coming, and uh, yeah, yeah. everyone is, I think. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when this is Carl's favorite part of the podcast, we we've started ending all podcasts now with just a quick fire questions, just general questions. We call it Carl questions everything. So I'll pass you on to Carl. Yeah, really easy. Just. It's basically just questions of shit I want to know about people that I yeah. find interesting just personally. Um, so, what's your favourite movie? Uh, Quadrophenia. Good choice. Uh, what's your favourite band? Uh, the Jam. Um, the theme going on here. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some vibe. 
I was a kid of the 80s. Is your favourite holiday destination the Isle of Wight? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, what's your favourite spirit? And I mean specifically, like, to the bottle. Uh, well, if you knew me, I'm not really a big drinker, but... Um, Oh, gin, but I couldn't give you a gin. No, you're not yeah. too bad. No. <laughs> uh, what's your favourite big fast food chain? Um, McDonald's. Nice. Um, if you're getting takeaway, what is it? Indian, Chinese, pizza? Um, it's funny because we've... Well, it's supposed to be a quick fire question <laughs> round, but... <laughs> no, you tea time, it's we, fine. Uh, we, I was talking to my wife, we've never had a, uh, we've never had a pizza delivery. Ever. Ever? Yeah. Is that strange? I don't know. But we've never... That is strange, yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. We've never had a pizza <laughs> delivery. But uh, so it wouldn't be... Um, what was the question? Chinese. Uh, Chinese. Chinese. Yeah. yeah. Only because really, yeah, I guess it's a family thing. We uh, we just have Chinese. If you weren't doing this, what do you think you'd be doing? Um, oh, uh, probably still sleeping on my mate's couch. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> What sort of go-to dish when you're at home? Probably like some uh, marinated chicken with salad and some nice bread and stuff like that. Quite nice. a simple bit of fresh coleslaw. Just sort of, yeah. If you're going for a quick bite in Birmingham, say a quick lunch or something, where are you heading to? Um, one of two, um, depending. Definitely uh, pure bar and kitchen. Yeah. And if I wanted a couple of beers or meat shack, 100%. Yeah, good choices. Uh, what? Well, I suppose that's answered my next question. What's your favourite bar or pub in Birmingham? Um, yeah, Pure Bar. Pure Bar, yeah. Yeah, it is good. Isn't yeah. It? yeah, really, really good. Yeah, Not but for the connection with Andreas, but I just think it's a nice, the beer's brilliant. Um, I just like the vibe in there, it's nice. Brilliant, that's my questions. Yeah, that's us all done. Good. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about before we finish up? Or no, not really. I think I've was, I was, yeah, was enjoyed it. Yeah, covered it's everything. Yeah, um, yeah. Really grateful for you to give us your time to do yeah, this. It means a lot. Um, and thanks for inviting us into this beautiful restaurant. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for coming. And, it's uh, been awesome. Yeah, it's been, been good talking to you guys. Thank you very much. Thank Jeff. you. Cheers. Yeah, thank you.